Perspectives, Perspectives, and I'm your host, Sneha. Perspectives is about bringing you conversations from individuals around the world, sharing their stories and experiences of life. We're trying to create a space to have the necessary but sometimes hard conversations on mental health, community, life, and everything in between. Conversation and information are an integral part of our lives and our growth. And with our very same hope, incredible people from all over the globe are sharing their perspective with you. Please know that sometimes these discussions get intense and we touch on topics like depression, anxiety, self-harm, abuse, and more. So if any of these topics can trigger you, please take care while listening. Listen with a friend or someone you trust. If this environment is not immediately available to you, I request a way to learn a better state of mind in a safer space. Also know we are not professionals giving out any medical opinions, but individuals sharing our perspective and our stories. If you need any professional help, please seek the same. This podcast is not a substitute for professional help. Thank you and take care. And without any more further delay, let's get into today's chat. Uh, joining us today from US is Mike. Um, incredibly excited to have this conversation. Um, I'm amazed by his story and the work that he's doing. A uh, big shout out to Heart Charged. Um, it was because of them that we connected and I'm really looking forward to getting into this. Um, could you start off with a little bit of an introduction, Mike? Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm really excited to do this um, with you. And yeah, so my name is Mike Papali. Um, I am the president and founder of In a Heartbeat, uh, which is a nonprofit organization with the mission to prevent death from sudden cardiac arrest and heart disease. Um, I also recently uh, published a memoir called The Big Heart, which is about my journey living with heart disease. And um, yeah, I'm really passionate about um, work in, in the world of sudden cardiac arrest and trying to prevent um, people of all ages from dying of heart disease and sudden cardiac arrest. And I also, uh, I coach high school basketball. So I get to do a couple of the things that I really love doing and uh, that I'm really passionate about. That's incredible. I cannot wait to get into discussing in a heartbeat as well. But before that, um, if you're open to it, could you tell us a little bit about your story and what happened to you at the age of 17? Yeah, so when I was a kid, uh, growing up, my goal in life was to play college basketball. Uh, like I said, it's, it's a huge part of my life still. But then, um, you know, I was a player and all I really wanted to do was play in college. Um, I wasn't a super well-rounded kid. Um, I focused really on that um, in school. And, you know, I kind of did everything in my life to, to make that goal uh, and that dream become a reality. So, um, you know, I was, I was always really healthy. I never had signs or symptoms of heart disease. I, uh, I went and saw my doctor every year. My doctor always told me I looked great and that I was doing everything, you know, really well and to keep doing what I was doing. And uh, yeah, so nothing really th- uh, made my family or my doctors or anybody think that I could possibly have heart disease. Um, between my junior and senior year of high school, so, um, you know, I was getting ready, trying to figure out what I was going to do for college. I spent the first half of the summer traveling all over the East Coast. Um, playing in these different college basketball showcases. So coaches could see me and then recruit me. And at the end of the summer, uh, I was a camp counselor at my dad's basketball camp. So 
Um, it was the last week of summer before school started. And on Wednesday night, um, during the week of the camp, my brother, who was 13, and myself, I was 17 at the time, decided that the next morning we were going to wake up and go do a basketball workout for the day. So, um, you know, we were going to wake up at like 6 a.m., do a basketball workout. So we were done. And then we were going to go be counselors at this camp that we were working at. Um, that my dad actually happened to be the director of. So next morning, August 24th, 2006, we woke up at like 6 a.m. Um, and we went over to a local gym and one of our friends was with us and he put us through this basketball workout for like an hour and a half. Um, it was completely fine, completely normal. Nothing really stood out to my brother or my friend or myself because I can still remember the workout uh, to this day. So after the workout ended, we went over to the, uh, it was like a parks and recreation center where the basketball camp was being held. So it was like 8 a.m. I walked in and said hi to my dad, changed my clothes for the day, um, ordered lunch. And I don't remember anything after that point. So again, that was all at like eight in the morning um, at like 1030. Uh, so for like two and a half hours, I, I don't remember, but I was, you know, camp counselor. So I was coaching, refereeing, putting the kids through drills. But at 10.30, we all came inside. I was sitting on the bleachers and my best friend was sitting right next to me. And I had a bunch of kids, you know, sitting around me and my brother was running up and down the court. And I, I fell forward and went into sudden cardiac arrest. Um, and when someone goes into sudden cardiac arrest, two things have to happen um, in order to help that person survive. The first is uh, immediate CPR. Uh, and the second is a quick shock from an automated external defibrillator, uh, also known as an AED. So unfortunately for me, uh, nobody did CPR right away because I was agonal gasping and they thought I didn't need it. Um, and for whatever reason, there was no AED in the building that I was in. So those two factors made my chances of survival very, very slim. Um, after uh, a little bit of time, somebody called 911 uh, and activated, you know, emergency response. And in the building next door, there was a volunteer EMT. He was sitting at his desk um, and he got the call out of pager. Um, and he recognized the address being right next door. And he came over and he found me and gave me CPR and did a really good job of it and, and saved my life, uh, saved my brain and really kept me alive until the ambulance came. And the, the paramedics ran in with a defibrillator and shocked my heart back to a normal rhythm thankfully before it was too late. Um, so that's kind of what started my journey. I, I was later diagnosed with a disease called hypertrophic cardiomyopathy, which was such a shock to my family and, and me because we never thought that heart disease could affect young people. So, um, you know, again, I, I got really lucky and, um, you know, I, I live with that disease now, but I'm lucky that I have a pretty, pretty normal life. Thank you so much for sharing that. And yeah, I think Kim, um, I know that I've also personally um, gone through that shock of um, heart disease affecting a person that young. Um, mm -hmm. Not a lot of, I, I think a few people would know this, but even my brother passed of a cardiac arrest when he was at the age of 24. And um, mm -hmm. so I really appreciate you taking the time to like talk about your story. And also the work that you're doing is about creating awareness and even to the point of helping everyone uh, who to know more about this and also steps to take to sort of continue uh, on and like to manage. So I really um, admire the work that you're doing and I, I'm, I'm looking forward to 
talking more about it. But just before that, I wanted to know, having a cardiac arrest at that age, I can only imagine the kind of lifestyle changes you were forced to make. And you mentioned how active you were and how college basketball was kind of the career that you were looking at. Um, you probably would have been forced to make a lot of decisions and had to give up a lot of it, I'm guessing. Did any of this affect your mental health? And if you're open to sharing, how? Yeah, so, I mean, definitely. So while I was still in uh, the hospital, my doctor came in and told me I'd never play uh, basketball again. So it was an interesting mix of emotions for me because she had also told me that I was very, very lucky to survive that because there was no CPR performed immediately and no AED on site where I was that my odds of survival were one in a million. So, you know, I had that kind of news of being lucky to even survive the incident, but also the news of, you know, my one goal in life was taken away from me. So I would definitely say I had really mixed emotions from, um, obviously I was very, uh, I felt very fortunate and lucky to still be sitting there. Um, but also, you know, I had all these angers of, uh, frustration or feelings of anger, frustration, sadness, um, about, you know, my basketball career, because it felt like, you know, everything I had worked for was a waste of time. And there I was, and it was just like, you know, I have to figure out what my next passion in life is. And that wasn't like an easy thing. You know, I, I went, ended up going to college and I had to deal with a lot of different, you know, I think both physical and emotional things that came with it. Um, you know, the first big one when I got home from the hospital was being afraid of dying in my sleep. Uh, because I didn't want to go into cardiac arrest again. And I have an implanted defibrillator, but I was afraid that, you know, it was going to happen at home and my parents aren't medical professionals and there was nothing that anybody would be able to do to help me. Um, so that was the beginning um, and the first thing. And then um, I would say just like being a really active person and then not being active at all, because again, I was afraid to get my heart rate up in the beginning. I, I kind of experienced some like weight gain and um, which led to some self-confidence issues, um, which kind of like really just led me to not being an overall happy person. So until I was able to kind of get control of that part of my life back where I learned how to work out, learned what I was capable of doing, how I could get my heart rate up safely without going to cardiac arrest again, um, that was when I started to kind of figure it out like, okay, like I can't have a relatively normal lifestyle here. And, and feel good about myself, which is obviously something that's very important. So how did the diagnosis impact your life choices? Um, well, was, because I was so young, I, I'll be honest and say that, like, I don't think I realized right away, like in terms of like having like a healthy lifestyle, how important it was. Um, it took me a few years to like figure out like the importance of like just uh, you know having a, maybe like a more balanced diet or the importance of exercise or um, so I would say uh, I mean the diagnosis definitely has had a tremendous impact on my life um, but you know it definitely took some time for me to kind of figure out how important it was to, to have a healthy lifestyle. Thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah. Um, I've, I've also wondered, um, did you ever struggle with thoughts of like, why me? How could this happen? And how did you deal with it if you did? Yeah. So, I mean, definitely. Um, because when, you know, you grow up, you think you're doing like everything the right way. 
and then all of a sudden something happens and it's like well like you said like why is this happening to me um but you know i kind of got past that quickly and then i had more feelings of once i started learning more about sudden cardiac arrest and the amount of young people that die you start to get almost survivor's guilt um, because you hear about all these other families that have lost children um, to cardiac arrest i was you know lucky that i survived so you know you start to have kind of the other side of it like why why was i so lucky to survive and so many other kids aren't and you kind of have that that you know real thing which is survivor's guilt survivor's guilt could you tell us a little bit more about that yeah so basically um you know the survival rate for sudden cardiac arrest is very low which we know right so people are dying of it um especially young people every day i mean i i just on my um social media platforms this morning i posted three articles because i just came across um my email of three young high school kids that have all died in the last week or two of sudden cardiac arrest um so once i started to learn about that back when i was 17 um you know you start to have these feelings of like well why did i get a second chance why did i deserve the to live in this other young person that's the same age as me in the same situation just didn't get as lucky and doesn't deserve to live so um that's ultimately kind of like how you feel you just kind of feel guilty about getting a second chance when so many other people didn't thank you for sharing that and it's it's so unfortunate to hear how widely spread this issue is but we don't know enough about it again like i said it was a big shock for us as well personally in my family when what happened happened because there was no history of heart disease in our family as well so it mm-hmm. really did come out of the blue yeah yeah i mean it does it's it's and i think there's still such a lack of awareness all over the world of uh heart disease affecting young people because i think everybody thinks it's always just like the older people that it affects yeah i i was one of those people until what happened happened but i think that's exactly mm-hmm. why the work that you're doing is so incredible and clearly your experiences were instrumental for you to found in a heartbeat so could you tell us a little bit more about it yeah so um i had um i had another um pretty dangerous surgery when i was uh 25 into 2015 and um it was it was basically life saving emergency open heart surgery because of an infection i had caught um during a a battery change for my defibrillator and and when that happened you know um i guess going back a little bit when i first had my cardiac arrest you know we got my family and i immediately got involved with the american heart association so um that was kind of how i started to get into volunteering and doing the advocacy work and kind of helping um helping uh, uh you know prevent this from happening to other people and during that time we always talked about you know we loved our work with them but there were certain things that they just weren't able to do because of their bylaws and um uh, you know rules and regulations within their organization that we wanted to do so we always talked about starting our own organization um to kind of make the impact that we wanted to have so after that emergency open heart surgery i had a pretty long recovery and i promised myself that once it once i was recovered we were going to stop just talking about this organization we were actually going to uh to form form it and and make it happen so 
Um, in 2015, at the end of the year, leading into 2016, we founded in a heartbeat, and our mission is to prevent death from sudden cardiac arrest. Um, so we do four major things. Uh, the first uh, is our AED donation program, where we donate um, automated external defibrillators to schools, businesses, families, and other organizations in need. With donating, we off offer um, CPR and AED training resources and also resources to help set up emergency action plans. So as of today, we've donated about 195 AEDs um, throughout the country. Um, the second program is our research funding program where we actually fund a, um, a research project that focuses on uh, heart disease, specifically hypertrophic cardiomyopathy. So as of today, we've donated $35,000 in research money. Um, our third program is our patient support program where we help heart disease patients, sudden cardiac arrest survivors, um, patients living with implanted defibrillators and their families. Um, and we support them as they go through their diagnosis and also kind of help them get back to living that, you know, long and normal life that you can, you can have with heart disease once you're diagnosed. Um, and finally, our latest program that we're actually uh, really focused on right now is our cardiac screening program, where we offer free electrocardiograms to children, teens, and young adults. Because here in the U.S., you don't get an, um, an electrocardiogram is, is an ECG or an EKG. Um, they're both the same. But basically what it does is it, it tests the rhythms of the heart. And it's a quick, simple, painless five-minute test. Um, and... Our hope with this program is to detect heart disease in someone prior to them being in, an, in a situation where they're in sudden cardiac arrest, like I was. Um, so we've screened over 2000 people uh, so far, and we just launched the program this year. So we're really trying to figure out how we can grow it. Because like we talked about, um, the survival rate for sudden cardiac arrest is so low, and a lot of things have to go really, really well for someone to survive. So the hope is with this, a screening program, we can do what we're calling primary prevention, where we catch the heart disease prior to the kid being in sudden cardiac arrest in that life or death situation. So, um, so yeah, we're really, really happy with the work that we've done. I think we have a long way to go. Um, there's a lot of things that definitely still need to be uh, worked on, and I think we can kind of continue to grow our impact, but we're definitely really proud of, of what we've done so far. It's incredible work, what you're doing, truly. And I'm really looking forward to seeing how the organization is going to continue to grow. So on that note, could you tell us how can we find and support in a heartbeat? Yeah, so our website is um, just really simple. It's just naheartbeat.org. Um, and honestly, people ask that question all the time. And, and of course, we do have like a donate button on our website. But I think for us is just helping us spread the awareness of our mission, um, right? Because we need people from all over the world to understand heart disease, to understand it affects young people and to understand like how easy it is to use an AED, um, right? I, I think we still have this general fear of hurting someone with an AED or we don't wanna um, use it on somebody who doesn't need it. So like just educating and raising awareness of cardiac arrest and heart disease and how it affects young people and the importance of CPR, encouraging people to get certified or get trained, learn how to use an AED. Because the more people that are able to do that, ultimately the more lives that are gonna be saved from sudden cardiac arrest. I'm, I'm honestly blown away by the work that you're doing. 
Um, I'll make sure that we link your socials and your website when this episode goes live so that it's easier for people to find. Um, what can you tell us about the community that's been born out of In a Heartbeat? Or rather, how would you describe what community is? Yeah, I mean, so, well, first of all, we wouldn't be able to do anything that we do without our community. So we have an amazing people of, uh, that support us and, and in a variety of ways, like I said. Um, supporting a nonprofit doesn't just mean supporting it financially. Supporting it could mean with time, with energy, with um, you know, volunteering, with raising awareness. So we have this great group of people and, and the work that we do would not be possible without our community. So I guess to answer your question about what community is, um, I think it's a group of people that are, you know, coming together for, uh, you know, a similar cause to try to make, make the world a better place. And, uh, you know, we're very fortunate that we have a lot of people that um, are doing that with us. And, uh, you know, we're always trying to find more that are passionate and, and want to work and, and help uh, fulfill our mission. I couldn't agree more. I think uh, community in itself is kind of underrated. We can't um, we can't do the work that we're doing without the kind of support that we have uh, from our community. And yeah, I, I think all of us have a role and there's just a way that we can all show up for one another and help out. And sometimes, yeah, I think people are there that want to help, but they don't have the financial means to donate. I think in those right. moments, just sharing information and like putting the word out could create an eventual impact which I think people don't realize is as powerful sometimes. Definitely I couldn't agree more. Uh, so you recently wrote a memoir as well and mm -hmm. I just wanted to know what made you feel so called upon to share your story in writing? It's something so personal, personal and intimate. What made you want to write it down and share it with everyone? Well, I'm very passionate about um, the idea that young heart disease patients, once diagnosed, can live a long and normal life. I know there's going to be limitations. There's going to be ups and downs. There's going to be obstacles. It's not going to be easy. Um, but the passion is that, you know, once diagnosed, once learning, you know, your, your body, your diagnosis, how to treat it, how to be safe, is, is trying to help people get back to living that normal life because that's what you want. So you know, like I said, I'm, I'm 32 years old. And at this point, I have a really normal life. I'm active. Um, if, if you ask another 32 year old, uh, what their life was like, I think it would be very similar to mine. Obviously, I do have some restrictions. But it didn't take me just, you know, right, it didn't just happen. It took me a long time to like learn and feel comfortable and be confident and, you know, not have this fear of going into cardiac arrest again those were like really hard things for me to get over. Um, and I think that looking back when I was 17 years old, that if maybe I connected with a 25 year old guy or a younger person that had already gone through what I was currently going through, it might've helped my recovery. It might've helped speed it along. It might've um, helped me learn from somebody that had already had similar experiences that I was having. So that's really the ultimate passion behind it is helping, helping other patients kind of get back to living their lives as, as normal as possible. Um, and then the other side of it is just, you know, I think, I think the book is, is really a feel good inspirational story. Um, someone that, you know, had 
their life kind of planned out and all of a sudden it completely changed in one second and trying to figure out how to get back to um, living a normal life and, and having a different purpose. Um, so I think, I think it's a, uh, ultimately the, the passion behind it was to help other patients, but I do think it's also there to inspire people as well. That's incredible. And I think when we share our stories, there's just such a powerful reach to it. You definitely, you're creating awareness, you're giving people hope, and you're also letting a lot of people know that they're not alone in their journey if they're on a very similar path as you. So I think okay. I, I really commend you for the kind of work that you're doing, because clearly you've, you've created something from your own experiences to help others and i don't think there's anything more admirable than that so thank you so much for doing what for doing what you're doing thank you yeah oh it's uh like i said i i kind of i didn't realize it at the time but i was definitely handed my purpose uh when i was 17 and i'm, I'm really happy to be doing what i'm doing now what is something that you hope an individual will take away reading your memoir um well a couple things i think uh I think, I think to uh, live their life to the fullest and, and really um, go after what they're passionate about, because that's a huge piece of what I think I've done in my life. So I, I would really encourage people because I think as you know, society has these like norms for people that they're supposed to kind of do things in a certain order in a certain way. And if you don't, you're not doing life correctly. And I don't um, necessarily agree with that. And I think uh, the biggest takeaway for me would be to, uh, to really um, encourage people to, uh, to just, just go after what they're passionate about, because the last thing you want to have is, uh, is you know, regrets about your life in, in 5, 10, 15, 20, 30 years. I love that. Thank you. And I, I couldn't agree more. I think um, I, I keep saying this. I feel like from the moment we're born, um, society has like a script written out for us and we're placed in the role to just continue following. And if you move anything uh, astray from that path and that script you're not doing life right and I think that's a, a perpetuated concept that really needs to change so thank you for saying that I think we all are on our own journeys and we get to define what it is that we want to do with our life and what I, I think what you're again what I think you're doing is admirable that words cannot express um thank you so much Mike for taking the time to chat I Really, really appreciate it. Uh, before we wind up, I just want to know, do you have any final thoughts or words of advice that you want to leave for your listeners? Um, honestly, what I think I just said is the big one. It's like, you know, as you're, as you're kind of navigating through life, I think it's really important to, um, to number one, of course, be happy and do what you love to do and live life so that um, you don't have regrets. You know, the last thing you want is, uh, to look back and regret things that you can't go back and do over. So, um, you know, just, just give it a chance. You know, you might not always succeed. You, you might not work out, but if it doesn't, you could at least say, I, I tried, you know, I gave it an attempt and it didn't work, but you definitely want to at least give it that opportunity and chance. I think that's a wonderful note to end on. Thank you so much, Mike, for taking the time to chat. It has been yeah, so thank wonderful. You for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you so much.